From APM, American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Even though public schools are supposed to provide free education to anyone who enrolls, we all know that their quality can vary from state to state, district to district, and even neighborhood to neighborhood. A new report looks at why some schools have a lot of money to spend per pupil, while others don't, and makes suggestions about what to do about it. Bruce Baker is a professor of education at Rutgers University, and he wrote a report for the Center for American Progress called America's Most Financially Disadvantaged School Districts and How They Got That Way. Bruce Baker, welcome. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here. First, can you tell us in general, how is school funding supposed to work? How do public schools get their money to operate? Well, school funding in the United States uh, across states uh, comes from a mix of uh, local, state, and federal sources where the federal piece is still relatively small. Um, And the goal of state school finance systems is supposed to be to provide children, kind of regardless of where they live or go to school, with equal opportunity to achieve the various outcomes that are mandated for them these days, most often by states, but under kind of federal oversight. Um, So state school finance systems are supposed to be designed to be able to provide children with equal opportunity to achieve some level of educational outcomes. But does that happen? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Well, why not? Well, um, you know, it's it's interesting. I think part of it is that there's uh, just been an evolving disinterest among state policymakers, uh, which is, of course, you know, seems to happen most when when the economy is tight. Um, But but there's been this disinterest in considering the possibility that inequitable funding deprives children of those opportunities. Uh, The focus has been on almost anything but the funding. And as a result, these funding disparities, certainly over the last couple years, have, have gotten worse. Districts that just have far too little to provide their kids the opportunity to achieve common outcome goals um, are finding themselves in worse and worse position over time. Is the problem that school funding is in many places tied to property tax and therefore poor districts have a hard time coming up with the money to pay for schools? That's part of the problem, but not all of it. Um, certainly one of the big issues we found, we, we characterized the types of disparities in the, in the report that you had just mentioned, one of which we referred to as kind of the classic savage inequalities. And those are the inequalities in access to resources that do occur because some kids live in rich towns and others in poor towns. Some kids live in, a, you know, in an economically blighted urban core while others are in the, uh, the leafy suburbs next door. And the property property tax base varies widely. The income and ability to pay higher taxes varies widely. And as a result, some districts raise a heck of a lot more money than others. What are some of the other issues that are causing these disparities that aren't as common or as well known as the property tax issue? Well, another piece of the puzzle is that so when we have these disparities, it's the state's job to figure out how to raise general revenues and allocate them in, in state aid across the districts to counterbalance those property wealth disparities. But state aid formulas arise out of, you know, the kind of the political meat grinder of state legislatures. Um, And it's a tug of war. And when there's a a finite amount of money, you're going to have some winners and losers even on the state school finance system. So what we found, and this comes out of a previous report, is that is that state legislatures will often come up with kind of quirky state school finance formulas that have pieces that reinforce some of the disparities that 
you know, started with, with property wealth disparities. They'll have huge sums of money targeted as tax relief to the state's richest communities, which certainly doesn't help <laughs> mitigate the disparities that state aid is supposed to mitigate. Um, they'll have uh, formulas that give a flat amount of aid to the richest or the poorest communities, regardless of the fact that they are richer or poorer. And that really limits the state's ability to target the state aid to where it's needed most to help the districts, you know, and, and the children they serve that, that, that need it most. Um, we, we had referred in a, in a previous uh, report to those disparities as stealth inequalities, and I think we brought that term back into this report. Are there some places that are doing public school aid particularly well, and, and what are they doing right? Well, um, th- there are a handful of states that have had kind of more systematic targeting of resources to higher-need districts over time, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio to an extent, and, and also Minnesota to, to some extent, though it's a little lumpy. Minneapolis and St. Paul, I think, have done fairly well, but there are other higher poverty districts that perhaps haven't. So there are some states that have done a better job at targeting resources and coming up with more systematic formulas that kind of leave fewer districts out entirely. But then there are those states that have just been at the bottom of the heap for certainly a decade or or two, and that's Illinois and and, uh, New York and Pennsylvania. Speaking broadly, are there particular solutions that you can see for uh, school funding disparities? (laughs) Um, You know, states, you know, kind of have to suck it up and raise the necessary taxes, um, income and sales taxes, to and, and then subsequently design a state school finance formula that targets those resources to where they're needed most. They need to avoid that tendency to um, adopt stealth inequalities, to disperse big chunks of their state pot of money to the districts that need it least. So there's some basic principles. They've got to raise enough money to resolve the disparities, and then they have to actually find the will to target that money to those who need it most and, and not you know, disperse it to those who need it least. What do you say to those uh, who criticize school spending and say that uh, schools simply need to be more efficient, more effective, more accountable in how they spend their money? Well, there, there are two points there. One is that the equitable and adequate funding is a it's a prerequisite condition for all else that follows. Uh, now, the efficiency point is is a bit of a smokescreen on on this particular issue because it's really hard to argue that a system can be reasonable if, for example, we have Philadelphia with double the poverty of its surroundings having less than ninety percent of the funding of its surroundings. If anyone's inefficient in that setting, it's those that are serving much less needy populations with much more money in the surroundings. We can't possibly claim that Philly should take its less than average funding and double the average need and catch up with its surroundings by being more efficient. Nor can we say that of of the city of Chicago, especially when at the center of all of this, if we want to focus on schooling quality being substantively related to the quality of personnel you can recruit and retain, the teachers and other staff that you can get into your school, there's just no way you can compete when you're the urban core district with double the poverty, class sizes of of uh, 40 to 45, and and teacher salaries that at any given kind of step and degree level are lower than your neighboring district 
two or three streets away um, where the class sizes are 20 and the teacher salaries are higher and the student needs are much lower. So inequities of this type kind of defy the efficiency argument. It's completely illogical to assert that this high-need, underfunded district should could somehow catch up to its neighbors by being more efficient when it can't compete on the labor market for staffing, when it has so many greater cost pressures on it. Bruce Baker, thank you so much. You're welcome. Bruce Baker is a professor of education at Rutgers University in New Jersey and the author of a report called America's Most Financially Disadvantaged School Districts and How They Got That Way. You can find a link to this report at our website. While you are there, you can also find more podcasts about school funding and a range of issues in K-12 and higher education. Our site is AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can also browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage, AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and you can follow us on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media. Thank you.